I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Show lined up for you. It is super wild card weekend. Whoever came up with that name. Okay, I'm just going to flow with it. Um, we've got two games going on tomorrow. One kicks off at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's Seattle going up against the 49ers. The 49ers are favored by 9.5. The over-under in this is 42. Uh, the Chargers and the Jags. This is going to be, if, if you were to say, Anita, you could only watch one game tomorrow, which one would it be? Well, it's it's the Chargers and the Jags. I, I, I and, and we're going to, trust me, in the next hour and 45 minutes, you you are going to be so in the know. You are going to be so rich with information and statistics and you name it that you're going to know how to wager on all six of these matchups, including, of course, Monday night. You're not even going to know what to do with yourself. So, um, but the Chargers are favored by two and a half on the road heading to Jacksonville and, uh, and the over under there is 47 and a half. So those are your two Saturday games. I'm pretty surprised that the line with the Chargers hasn't changed considering that, um, Mike Williams, wide receiver, Mike Williams has been, um, has been ruled out for that matchup. I'm, I'm quite surprised by it, but we've got a great show lined up for you. Let me, let me. Let me pan it out. Um, Coming up in the next segment, we're going to hear a little snippet from Jordan Renan again on, um, on Fridays and Mondays used to be Thursdays, but now it's Fridays and Mondays. I host a uh, digital show on our ESPN gambling platform called bet. And today Jordan Renan was on it. I also had Andre Snellings on. He's got some information and in some uh, ways to wager for the Australian open that, kicks off on Sundays. Uh, we're going to hear from Jordan Renan, little, little, little preview in regard to what's going on with the giants and Kevin Seifert, uh, sat down with me earlier today. And, uh, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and what we, what the giants, what giants fans can expect from the Vikings heading into this matchup. So excited. Uh, th- that's coming up next for you in the next 10 minutes. So stay tuned for that. David Behrman, as always, I like to call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling at ESPN. He's going to join us on the program at the top, the 11 o'clock hour. He's got some picks and plays for you. We've got a lot of, obviously, we've got a lot of NFL. Um, also, it is the second week of the golf season kicking off, and we've got the Sony Open happening in Hawaii. So we'll take a look at the leaderboard as well and give you some uh, some thoughts in regard to heading into the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and, and again, just looking at, I mean, Predominantly, I'd say 85% of the show is getting you ready for Super Wild Card Week. And why wouldn't it be, right? I mean, just the mere fact that the Giants are playing on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. But we've got six games, including the Monday night game. Um, and, and we're getting you ready for all of that. Jenna Lane and Todd Archer are going to join us with a preview for the Cowboys Bucks on Monday night. And, of course, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, is going to be joining us on the program as well. So... Um, a number of great guests. 
like I said, getting you ready for super wild card weekend. So, so again, what does the slate look like? I just shared with you tomorrow on Saturday, the early game, which is 430, not early, but the first game I should say, uh, on the slate is, uh, the 49ers going against the Seattle Seahawks. And, and again, the 49ers are favored by nine and a half. The over under is 42 horrible weather conditions and, and not sure if you've been following the weather and what's going on in our country, but horrible, horrible weather conditions out there in California and on the West coast. And, uh, and it's, it's gonna, it's definitely Santa Clara. It's definitely going to affect the 49ers game. So right there initially off the bat, I would, Im- I would imagine that the under is in play there, especially how good this 49ers defense is. So there's that. And, 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 and I'm going to break it down for you as well. I've got a number of plays. You know, obviously, if you listen to me, you know, I, I, <laughs> every game I've got, I've got a slew of plays, um, whether it's a total um, aside and definitely some prop bets. And then the, and then the later game, the chargers going against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's very, really interesting here that, so the chargers are favored by two and a half. Like I said, when I opened up, I'm surprised that this line didn't move considering that Mike Williams is not active, you know, he, and, and here's an, here's another story. And this is more for sports talk radio, not necessarily a gambling show, but you know, the fact that head coach Staley, um, for the Chargers, decided to play Chargers, to play their starters last week, and that's where Mike Williams got injured. Also, Joey Bosa re-injured his groin. However, he was able to practice on on Wednesday and Thursday, and he is expected to play. But so Bosa Bosa reaggravated his his groin. Mike Williams hurt his back, and and allegedly it was just back spasms, and there was a good chance that he was going to play. But, um, but I, I mean, obviously that's not the case. He's already been ruled out. And even though Mike Williams doesn't come with the, the, the same cachet as, as, as Keenan Allen does, he's still a really big part of that offense. So I, I'm, I am a part of me is, is, is a little per- perplexed, I should say, as to why this line hasn't changed. Uh, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, I have a small lean towards the Chargers. But I really love the over in this matchup, over 47 and a half. And again, uh, throughout the course of the next hour and a half, I will definitely get into all the reasons why. And then, of course, on Sunday, we've got the Dolphins going up against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by 13 and a half. The over-under is 43 and a half. And a big reason why the Bills are favored by 13 and a half is because Skylar Thompson is is playing. He's going to be starting. And there's no Tua. There's no Teddy Bridgewater. And there's 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 a bigger issue here when it comes to Tua and the Miami Dolphins, and that is, you know, he has three concussions already this season, and there's reports this week that he suffered a few concussions in college. You know, is is the is the topic of continuing his career on the table for Tua and the Miami Dolphins? I I, I would imagine that it would have to be, especially if. If, if I'm if I'm his mother, if I'm his girlfriend, if I'm his aunt, if I'm his sister, if I'm his significant ever, whatever the kid, like that conversation has to be on the table. Like you have three, you have three concussions just this season alone. Others reported while you were at college. You know, you, I, I mean, and and this was a big concern in regard to Tua coming in. 
to uh, to the NFL. And and I've said this time and time again. If you listen to my shows on Saturday and Sunday, you know I've got my mom on all the time, and my mom's a huge Dolphins fan. And you know she says like, you know, why didn't we draft Justin Herbert? <laughs> I mean, this was injury. It like. Individuals, athletes, a lot of times injuries, if, if a player is getting injured in college, chances are those that injury, those injuries and, and that player being prone to injuries is going to continue in the NFL. It just is. And so that was a huge red flag for me in regards to the Dolphins drafting Tua. But by the way, David Behrman, who's going to be joining us at 11 o'clock, he's a huge Miami Dolphins fan. So I'm curious to hear what his play is on this matchup. And I, I definitely want to discuss with him the future of Tua, the quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins. That's for sure. And just stepping back here in regards to the Chargers in Jacksonville, here's another storyline for you. And that is the fact that Staley, the head coach for the Chargers, decided to play his, his, his starters last week in week 18. And now Mike Williams can't play. If the Chargers don't win this game, Okay, Mark, and, and by the way, we have Julian and Chantel who are producing the show right now. So, guys, welcome in. Appreciate you this evening. Mark this at, at 10.25 p.m. on this Friday night, Friday the 13th, on, on Weekend Wager, Anita Marks forecasting, foreshadowing, that if the Chargers lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars on tomorrow night, that within less than one week, it's going to be announced that Sean Payton will be the starting, well, not the starting, will be the head coach of the Chargers moving forward. Thank you. I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. Um, I think the writing is on the wall. Um, Sean, Sean Payton, uh, you know, being so masterful, as such he is uh, when it comes to offense, if you were an offensive, if you were an offensive-minded coach in the NFL, tell me, tell me another quarterback that you would rather coach than than Justin Herbert. If you're Sean Payton, exactly. I, I don't think there is one. It's like it's like getting your hands on some like silly put, silly putty, right? And like and like making the Mona Lisa. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Where did I even get that from? I don't know. Anyway, um, just stay tuned. That's again, I, I know this is a gambling show, but there's a lot, right? <laughs> Trust me. There's a lot writing on every one of these games, right? The 49ers. Okay. Let, let, uh, let's even go back one step. The 49ers and, and, and the Seattle Seahawks. Brock Purdy, statistically, since he has taken over as the starting quarterback for the 49ers, has led in a plethora of quarterback statistics and categories since he's taken over the starting quarterback for the, for, for the 49ers. Number one in passer rating, number one in yards per attempt, um, averaging 30 points a game. Like, now you've got a 49ers team that gave up the farm to trade up for Trey Lance. He hasn't been ready for two years. The mere fact as to why you brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with a foot injury. Purdy comes in. And, and like I said, go look for yourself. Purdy has dominated the quarterback statistics since he has taken over as starting quarterback for the 49ers. So you imagine the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Purdy? 
And imagine if Purdy wins the MVP, which, by the way, right now it's 10-1. to 1. What do the 49ers do with, with Trey Lance, who they gave up the farm to go get? It's ridiculous. I mean, that whole storyline is ridiculous. So you've got the starting quarterback scenario pertaining to the 49ers. You've got the head coaching situation pertaining to the Chargers. Um, you've got the Tua, should I play another down in the NFL? Pertaining to the Dolphins and the Bills matchup. I don't know. It's the Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. I don't like Dable winning coach of the year. To, to me, he's already got my vote. So there's that. Um, the Ravens in Cincinnati. What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson's contract? Right? He went to Twitter. He went to social media this week to, to put out his own narrative, to put, to put out his own statement as to why he's not starting Sunday night. There's obviously some issues there. <laughs> I lived in Baltimore. I covered the Baltimore Ravens. It's not what you do with Harbaugh as head coach. I'm sure Harbaugh is not happy with the fact that Lamar Jackson took it on his own account to go out there and post his own message on social media. So there's a lot going on there, okay? <laughs> and then you've got the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Boy, I'm telling you, I think Tampa upsets the, the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott looks horrible. This is a Dallas Cowboys team coming into the postseason that we're only able to put six points up against the Washington Commanders? Six points. Marinating that. Ridiculous. This, the, I, there's, so, there's so much going on here. Call me a drama queen. It's fine. Um, there's so much going on here this week in this slate of games. It's ridiculous. It's going to be so fun. Uh, when we get back, we'll hear from Jordan Renan as well as Kevin Seifert. As we know, Jordan covers the Giants. Seifert covers the Minnesota Vikings. Stay tuned. And, and of course, we'll take your calls. You want to chime in. We're You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. As I've been saying um, with Jordan Renan, and I, I just I love this matchup for the Giants. I feel the Giants felt that they should have won in Week 16 against the Minnesota Vikings. I think they're ready to go, uh, healthy, and um, as we heard from Jordan Renan, and rested, considering that they did not play a lot of their starters last week against Philadelphia. With that being said, Kevin Seifert uh, joins us now on the program. My first question to him was, the Giants feel that they got slighted in Week 16. They felt that they should have won that game. What are the Vikings players saying about Week 16? Um, you know, they uh, they felt like, first of all, they know that you don't often win on a 61-yard field goal, so they feel, uh, I think, appropriately humble about that. Um, and they were uh, not happy, uh, coaching staff especially, that after they took that lead with the Justin Jefferson touchdown late in the fourth quarter that – they allow the Giants really to march right back down the field and uh, tie the game up. 
when really they should have been in a position that they felt to lock it down and, and close it up. And so they, uh, they had plenty to point out to players about uh, things that need to be improved off that game. And so I, they, they noted that. And they also have talked a lot about the pressure, the various pressures they got from the Giants and their defense coordinator, Wink Martindale. I think uh, Kirk Cousins was blitzed like 43% of his dropbacks, and he got sacked four times and was uh, hit on nine other occasions. And so they focused a lot on that as well. And so while they won many games, 11 in fact, uh, in similar ways uh, in terms of one-score games, they know that that was a particularly fortunate turn of events, I believe. You know, this, this is what I find really interesting. Um, so this is a Vikings team. They have 10 wins trailing um, eight of those 10. They've been trailing in the fourth quarter. They have a minus 87 point differential in quarters one through three, but a plus 78 point differential in the fourth quarter. Why is it? What is it about the fourth quarter? that this team, we find, obviously, statistics, stats don't lie. We see them finding yeah. a different gear in the fourth quarter to come back and, and win these one-score games. I think it's a, a variety of things. One is that I think one thing that Kevin O'Connell and his coaching staff brought was a really sophisticated and nuanced approach to, um, you know, to those, those important situations late in games, late, uh, in in drives, uh, in the most important areas of margin uh, where you often see NFL games won or lost, they're really good in those in terms of play calling, in terms of managing the clock, in terms of managing timeouts, in terms of keeping the ball away from the opposition as much as they can. So that's part of it. Part of it is that for all people have talked about Kirk Cousins in terms of his prime time and reaction to pressure and all those sort of things. He has been at his very best in the fourth quarter um, in terms of, and one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks this season in terms of touchdown passes and yards. And I believe his fourth quarter QBR was in the top 10 as well. And so while he has had in some ways an up and down season, uh, he has been at his very best in those fourth quarters, leading drives, throwing just, and not just, you know, being a leader, but throwing some really low percentage uh, passes that have been completed either because he trusted Justin Jefferson to make uh, contested catches or he just threaded a needle or threw a dime or what have you, but he's been great. And the final thing has been the defense, uh, especially Patrick Peterson, the veteran cornerback, has been really opportunistic. I believe the stat was they led the league in interceptions after the start of the fourth quarter. So, while their defense was giving up a lot of yards and letting teams get into position for scores, more often than not, they were winning games because somebody on defense, whether it was Peterson or Cam Bynum or Harrison Smith, uh, were causing a turnover or uh, most likely an interception that were stopping those drives. And so you add those three things up, and I think you have a pretty good picture of why they were able to do what you described uh, there at the outset. Kevin Seifert joining us here uh, on on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, one thing, again, stats don't lie. The Minnesota Vikings, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, giving up 30, 30th in yards per play, 28th in score rate uh, for their opponents. And this is, this is what I find interesting. 73 plays that they have given up of 20 yards or more. I'll go back to week 16. Daniel Jones, 334 passing yards, 
total of 445 total yards this Giants team was able to put up against the Minnesota Vikings. What what are you anticipating them to do differently this time around? Um, I think they'll try to do a little some different things to put more pressure on Daniel Jones. Um, you always have to be cognizant of him as a runner, and so I think that they felt um, – that if they sent too many people after him and he was able to get through that first wave, there'd be a lot of uh, room for him, real estate for him to gain as a, as a runner. But, uh, you know, and, and there's no doubt he has made some improvements this year, but I think the Vikings are less likely to allow him to sit back and, and do what he did in that game, which in many cases was sort of have plenty of time to, to find an open receiver in their zone. And so that's something that Kevin O'Connell has harped on here for the past four or five weeks is, is varying up the pass rush, the types of pass rushes they use, the people they use in pass rush, the numbers of people that they send after quarterbacks to really have a less predictable uh, pass defense because they have played a lot of zone this year, and that's sort of the philosophy that they that they have used more often than not. But and that's great, but if you if you aren't able to get much of a pass rush, then every NFL quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins or anybody in between, is going to find the holes in that zone. And so I really think that's something that they're going to need to focus on and are aware that they need to focus on as well. Um, you know, really, really this, this, this matchup is really interesting in, in a number of ways, especially let's, let's talk about the head coaching situation, right? Both these teams have first time head coaches. So this will be their first experience heading into the postseason um, and the playoffs. As we know, it's, it's a different animal. It's a different element, different energy, faster pace of play, all that being said. Uh, Dable had the opportunity to rest his players last week, right? The Giants did not play their starters against Philadelphia. I- I'm curious, M- Minnesota did play their starters last week. What Were, were you surprised that they did so? I want to say, did they start resting their players towards the end of the game? What, what, what happened in Week 18 with the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, they had um, sort of an outside shot to impact their seeding. If they had beat the Bears, and the 49ers had lost to the Cardinals, which was a very unlikely scenario, obviously, with the Cardinals being where they're at and the 49ers being where they're at. Uh, the Vikings had a chance to move up to the number two seed, which would have guaranteed them two home uh, playoff games instead of potentially only one. Um, and so they didn't feel like they could just pack it in and, and throw in the towel. You know, you could argue whether that's the right move or not, but Kevin O'Connell's feeling was he could not – sit by and, and potentially allow a chance to be the number two seed clip, you know, slip by not even trying to win the game. And so um, he decided that he combined that with the idea that they had just gotten blown out by the Packers and he didn't want to enter the playoffs um, with sort of not being able to, in his mind, flush the bad taste out of their mouth from that Packers game. And so they knew the bears were not, trying to win that game and they were very much in position trying to get in position to be the number one draft pick so I think he thought they could go play have their starters play a half really you know move up and down the field stop the Bears offense pretty consistently and get the guys out at halftime and call it a win and so that's what they did Um, you know they they were probably fortunate you look at what the Chargers did with Mike Williams Mm -hmm. and other players and you know Dalvin Cook did go down with an ankle injury in that game, it turned out that he had just been cleated. And so he had some discomfort, but no actual structural injury, which 
I guess they were fortunate about, and they were fortunate that none of their other frontline guys really had any injuries before they got everybody out of there around halftime. And so that's sort of the thinking that went into it. Um, you can certainly debate whether that uh, was the right you know, approach or not. I think they probably should consider themselves fortunate that it didn't have any real serious repercussions. But in the end, they got their guys some work. They got them out of the game. They did, most of their frontline guys did not play a full game at all. Um, you know, maybe half, a few of them were deactivated just for safekeeping. And so they will go into this game very healthy and having flushed that uh, Packers team out of their system if they felt like they needed to do that. And we're fortunate that there was no further consequence from that. Um, just out, you're, you're talking about injuries and whatnot. I, I know the Minnesota Vikings have had uh, their share of injuries to the offensive line. I know how important that offensive line is going to be um, on Sunday against uh, Wink Martindale and, of course, that blitz-happy defense. Where, where does everything stand right now with O'Neal and Bradbury and Darisaw? And, you know, what is, what is this Vikings offensive line? Who's going to be the, the starting five on, on, on Sunday? Yeah, it, it, the big picture, they're very fortunate. It appears as though they'll have four of their five primary starters. The one guy they're not going to have is right tackle uh, Brian O'Neill, who uh, had an Achilles injury in that Packers game two weeks ago, and he's out for the until next year. Uh, he'll be replaced uh, as of now by Ole Udo, uh, who has had experience playing a lot of different positions on the line. And they activated a backup who had been injured named Blake Brandle, who could also get some work. But the rest of their line is going to be their starters. And the big one was Garrett Bradbury, the center, who had uh, missed five games because of a back injury. He practiced all week and feels good, and he's going to start. They would have been down to their third-string center if he was not able to play because their backup center is injured as well. But they'll have Christian Derrissaw at left tackle. They'll have Ezra Cleveland at left guard, and they'll have Ed Ingram at right guard. So all told, uh, they're in better shape than I think even they maybe thought they would be uh, when this week began with four of their five starters uh, slated to play in this game. Uh, let's talk about Saquon Barkley for a second. Uh, week 16, 14 carries, 84 yards. He did score a touchdown. He had 10 targets, eight receptions, 49 yards. This is a Vikings team. They're solid against the run, only giving up 3.9 yards per carry, but they have allowed 12 rushing touchdowns. I know we spent some time earlier talking about Daniel Jones. How do they look to contain Saquon Barkley, who, again, didn't play last week by week for them, uh, didn't, didn't play against uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So with that being said, he's probably rested, ready to go. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that can really give a defense like the Vikings fits because uh, if he gets into that second level, there's going to be a lot of space and potential for him to break some tackles. And, and you saw that a little bit um, in the, uh, from the rushing perspective in that week 16 game. I'd also, if I were the Vikings, be worried about him in the passing game as well, because um, again, there, there is space, there has been space to be had against this defense most of the year. And I think we all know what, what Saquon can do with the ball in his hand when he's given a little bit of room to operate. And so that would be a, him as a receiver, I think would worry me almost as much as him as a runner. And that's not to take anything away from him as a runner. And so uh, that's something I'll be watching for sure is to see the extent to which the Giants try to feature him in their passing game, um, just knowing that, that there's going to be some open space in various spots on the field. All right, Kevin, before we let you go, I've got to ask you, game script, how do you see this playing out? Who wins? What's the score? All the things. Please share with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I – I, in talking to people about this game, I think when you look at, at how much, um, how many times the Vikings won 
these one possession games, everyone thinks that that is, is potentially a positive for them in the playoffs. But historically, teams have not necessarily sustained that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go into this game and lose a, a close game uh, in the playoffs. And, and it could very well be the Giants. If I had to pick somebody, I think that Giants have a pretty good, uh, good chance to do that. And um, score, I don't know, I'd, I'd be guessing, but you know, the 27-24 range would seem to be about right. And you wonder if the Vikings' uh, good fortune in these close games uh, might dry up. I want to thank Kevin Seifert for joining us here on Weekend Wager, getting us ready for that, of course, Giants-Minnesota Vikings game. You're listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk, believe in your game, believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. For general 98.7 ESPN contest rules, visit ESPNNewYork.com slash contest. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. That's John Harbaugh talking about the tweet that uh, Lamar Jackson put out. Listen, I lived in Baltimore for four years. I covered I covered the Ravens. I was there when Harbs took over. Trust me. He's very well aware that Lamar Jackson went to social media. He just didn't want to comment about how he truly feels about it. I'm sure he's irate. Uh, By the way, this season marks the 50th anniversary of the New York Islanders hockey. Uh, To help celebrate, they're giving away tickets to the January 18th matchup against the Boston Bruins at the UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app. Scroll down to contest, submit your entry, brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season, grabbing your tickets at thenewyorkislanders.com. For full contest rules, make sure you go to ESPNNewYork.com. Without further ado... Uh, David Behrman joins us. I like to call him our gatekeeper of everything gambling at ESPN.com. Um, I know that the Bengals-Ravens game is one of the games that uh, that you want to talk about tonight. Uh, the the Bengals now favored by 8.5. The over-under is 40.5. And, and Lamar Jackson went to social media. He wanted to get his narrative out there. You just heard John Harbaugh. I, I Trust me, John knows everything that happens with that team that was, in my opinion, that was not truthful. Uh, there is a lot going on behind the scenes here, David. That's for sure. Yeah, it sounded a little testy. I heard that 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 uh, sound today while driving in the car, and I immediately texted a friend of mine, uh, Bengals by 100. 
I liked the Bengals before that, before Lamar went to social media. I actually grabbed them at seven earlier this week when it was around seven and a hook. Bought a little bit down to seven. Uh, that was my favorite play before this happened because even if Lamar, let's just hypothetically say he was playing in the game, the guy hadn't practiced in 50-some-odd days. Um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. Anita, you know it closer than me, having worked down there, having known John. Um, Lamar seems checked out. You saw him on the sidelines last week with the sunglasses on. And, uh, he doesn't seem to have any and, – and part of me doesn't blame him. He doesn't have a contract, like an extension, and, and doesn't want to risk getting healthy. But then again, we pay these guys hundreds of millions of dollars to play, not sit. Um, he owes it to his team, like – if, if, if he becomes a free agent or if they franchise tag him and try to trade him, you don't want to play for a guy who gave up on his team. Maybe his knee is worse than his – I don't know. There's a lot going on there. It looks like the marriage might be a little bit over. I think the Ravens are going to have to pony up and or make up to get this to work. But, but what we're talking about is the game itself. Uh, the Ravens have been a train wreck without Lamar, um, without Huntley and third-string quarterbacks. We can see it in Miami as well. I just don't see the Ravens scoring many points and – uh, you look at last week's game, I, I know the Bengals jumped out hot early and then and slowed down late and didn't really get that many yards and points at the end of the game. They didn't really need to. Uh, they're just the better team. Uh, the, the Bengals are the better team. And, you know, it's disappointing that, that the Ravens didn't really have a chance to win the division after the Bills-Bengals game was canceled. But without Lamar Jackson, I don't see this being much of a game. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, a part of me, though, I, I don't I – don't... I'm not down on Lamar with this. You know, this is this is this is a contract year. God forbid he comes in, his knee is not a hundred percent, and and he injures it even more on a year that he well, does it. he I, that that he has that he I, has no you know I I just like I don't a part of me like I, I just totally don't, I don't it, but yeah. It's also hard. Your team still made the playoffs without you, like. You know, you have a chance. And should he have played the last couple of weeks, they might have won the division. They might be hosting this week. So um, we just – none of us are doctors. Let's not assume anything. Let's not speculate. You know, we do a good job of not doing that. Maybe the knee is worse than it is. But then whatever they told us six weeks ago wasn't accurate because a sprained knee doesn't take six weeks. You know, it doesn't. You and I both know that. We both played. Uh, that being said, maybe it is worse than it is. John Harbaugh didn't sound too thrilled today. Lamar doesn't sound too thrilled. Who knows what the future holds? But I do think their season comes to an end tomorrow. Um, again, David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Another game that you like is the under in the 49ers-Seattle game. I'm on that as well, the under 42. A big thing for me is obviously the 49ers defense is so good. Um and I, I do believe Seattle is going to show up here in some way, shape, or form. And also the weather conditions. It's supposed to be a monsoon over there in, in, in San Francisco. Uh, what, what are all the reasons why you're playing the under? Well, a, a lot of what you just said. You know, these two teams played twice this year. The first matchup was 34 total points, 27-7, 49ers. And then the second matchup, which was just about a month ago, was 21-13, so we're talking, that was also 34 points. So two games, 34 points each. You have a total that is, you know, 42 points. Um, what, what points jumps out to me more than just the fact that these two teams have played two low-scoring games already is the fact that you're also looking at two quarterbacks who, who have no playoff experience. So Geno Smith's obviously more of a veteran than Brock Purdy, but two quarterbacks with no playoff experience, 
Um, and you mentioned the monsoon, and, and you never really know. I mean, maybe it, maybe it doesn't rain, maybe it does. We'll see what happens. But that's, you know, to, to have a defensive-minded team in San Francisco, a run-control team with a rookie quarterback who's made five starts, going against a, a Seattle team who has not exactly, you know, thrown up a lot of points recently. Earlier in the year, they they were great. They haven't thrown up a lot of points recently. I don't see them scoring much. Uh, the spread itself is one that, to me, is the hardest line to pick this week because you, you just know with the weather, you know, San Francisco played in the monsoon week one and lost to the Chicago Bears, and we laugh at it now. You're talking about a team that, that is the worst record in football beat the team that could very well win the Super Bowl this year in the 49ers, and that was in a monsoon. But different team, they have CMC, Brock Purdy back there, different situation. Uh, the reason why the spread scares me is, is 27-7 wouldn't be a cover. Like, you might like Seattle, and they might score a touchdown or two, but San Francisco can still cover this game. So I'm going to be playing the under. Um, if you have the opportunity to decide there, take it. But I, I do like the total here, under 42. All right, let's talk about a team that's very near and dear to you, and that is your Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are favored by 13.5. The over-under is 43.5. You're rolling with your third-string quarterback. There's a bigger issue here to discuss outside of a gambling show in regard to Tua and his future uh, health-wise. Uh, but nonetheless, um, what, what's your play here with, with, with your mammals? Well, 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 first off, they made, they made the postseason. And, again, it's not all about moral victories, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I've been on this roller coaster ride for 40-some-odd years. No more <laughs> bigger roller coasters than this year, winning three, losing three, winning five, losing five. Uh, quarterback in, quarterback out. It, it's been a really weird year. Rookie head coach, injured quarterback. They made the playoffs. So, given the credit where credit is due, it's been six years. You know, it, it, another six years before that, so you're talking about – two playoff appearances in the last 13, 14 years. So they're there. That being said, yeah, I want them to win. And But it's more than just Tua and Teddy not playing. You have a third-string quarterback, rookie that was drafted a few picks above Brock Purdy. But more than that, you're missing, likely missing Raheem Mostert at running back. And anybody who remembers the Bills game in the snow on Saturday night a few weeks ago, the Dolphins almost won that game because Raheem Mostert had 120 yards rushing. He's likely not going to play with a broken finger. They're missing potentially three offensive linemen. The offense is banged up across the board. Both Hill and Waddle are initially ankle injuries that you haven't heard about because there's so many other injuries to that team. My play on this game, unfortunately, the team total under 14.5 for the Dolphins. I just don't see them scoring more than 14 points unless there's a fluke pick six or something that Josh Allen does to give them points. I watched the game last week with versus the Jets against the Jets team that was checked out, had nothing to play for, and the Dolphins managed three field goals. Let's not count the safety at the end, unless you, of course, had the Jets plus four, and then you're really pissed off. But that Dolphins team with Skylar Thompson had nine points, three field goals against a checked-out Jets team, and that's with a healthy Raheem Mostert in some offensive linemen. So I don't see them going to Buffalo and scoring many points. So the as far as the spread's concerned, 13-and-a-half is a whole lot of points to lay in the NFL, especially with a team that's hungry in the playoffs. You never know what McDaniel's going to throw out there. So I, to me, think the safe play is under 14-and-a-half team total. Hey, Anita, if I'm wrong and they score 15 or more points, I'm going to have a much better afternoon on Sunday than if they don't. 
I'm sure you are. Uh, before we let you go, my favorite play here is the Giants. Give me the Giants plus three. I love them on the money line at plus 135. I know it sounds like I'm drinking the blue Kool-Aid because I'm here in New York. That's not the case. You know me. I'm very, I'm very honest with when it, when it comes to gambling. Um, I just, I, I truly believe the wrong team is favored here. I, I think the Giants should have won in Week 16. I think they are the better team. I think the Minnesota Vikings have been winning with a, a slew of luck. Um, are, are, are you on my side? Are you drinking the blue Kool-Aid as well, or are you a purple people eater? I am taking the three points, but not necessarily because I believe the Giants are better or that they should be favored. I just don't trust Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, as you know, they've won how many games this year? One score games. That At some point, that's going to turn. It may not turn tomorrow, but you are getting three points with a hungry Giants team, very well-coached team. They're not making mistakes. You're absolutely right. They should have won the game a few weeks ago. You know, 61-yard walk-off field goal. It's what Minnesota does. At the end of the day, it would not surprise me if the exact same thing happened with the Giants out, you know, out rushing them, having more yards than them, playing the better game, and then Minnesota pulls another rabbit out of the hat and wins on a 61-yard field goal. If that happens, I push, and I'm fine with that. So I will be taking the three points. It's not a strong play because I don't think the Giants are that good of a football team, but they're going up against a team that they're not that much worse than. So I think in this situation – Three points is justifiable, and, and I'm going to take it with you on that. I'll drink the Kool-Aid and hope we come out on top. There we go. <laughs> David, thank you so much Corey for joining Connors, us tonight. What did you say? I said, Corey Connors. I said Corey Connors, by the way. I know you weren't going to get into the golf. I took Corey Connors before the event, and I'm going to double down and take him again. Corey Connors, go take him. Yeah, I I had Corey Connors. And, of course, David's talking of golf. It, it's, it's the uh, – <laughs> it's it's the it's the second tournament of the year, quote unquote, uh, and it's the second leg out there in Hawaii. It's the Sony Open in Hawaii, and so right now at the top of the leaderboard is Chris Kirk. He's eleven under, five under today. He shot a sixty four on Thursday, sixty five. Yeah, I pulled Chris Kirk out of my DFS lineup at midnight Wednesday. No, you not did not. You. Midnight Wednesday, I had four lineups. I was trying to choose which one I was going to put in the league that I just started, that you're in. And I couldn't figure out which lineup I was going to choose. I chose the one with Chris Kirk in it, and then I took Chris Kirk out. Oh, boy. Oh, you must yeah. be beating yourself up. Uh, so, you might, so anyway, well he's, go, you might as well go bet him the win. <laughs> he's, he's at the top of the leaderboard right now. I, I had two guys that I put money down to win. One was Corey Connors. Um and uh, and he shot he shot four under today. He's five under uh, in the tournament, so he's uh, tied for twenty third. So he shot a sixty six. By the way, he shot a sixty six today. You see his stats? He's thirteenth off the tee, eighth on approach, third tee to green, and a hundred and twentieth with the flat stick. This guy well, dropped well, the flat, the flat over stick, the weekend. You, you, need, you need the flat <laughs> stick to win here. You do, and this is a guy, and again, I have him in many different pools as well as DFS, and I bet on him, so I'm looking at the box scores. He missed a lot of putts from under 10 feet today and yesterday, but he shot lights out. So should he be able to hit those seven-footers tomorrow? Eh, who knows? The guy shot four under, and he missed five putts of under 10 feet today. 
It's it's pretty unbelievable. Um, I also liked Tom Kim, who unfortunately did not make the cut. He tied for 90, 97th. Uh, he's plus one. He shot a 72 on Thursday and a 69 today. Uh, but Tom Kim was a guy that a lot of people were on. Um, but uh, So I, I did put some money on him to win as well as Corey Connors. So you and I are both going to be rooting for Corey Connors uh, over the weekend. So thank you, David. Absolutely. Have a good one. You got it. Have a great night. David Behrman joining us again oversees all our gambling content um, at ESPN, ESPN.com. When we come back, um, I'm going to go back to that uh, gambling digital show that I did earlier today called Bet. Uh, Jenna Lane and Todd Archer join me on the program with a great preview of the Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys matchup. We'll hear from them next right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, FatJackSports.com, joins us next. Yeah, th- these games this week are a lot about underdogs, and we've seen that the last few years. Road teams typically do real well. Next week will be all about favorites at home teams. But this particular week, we're going to just lean that way uh, because there's some value. And especially you get all the new money into the market, they're going to want to play favorites. They're going to play teams that they know a lot about, and they don't really factor the line in. For the last five Seattle games, they've gone under the total. They are 15-4 and four straight up their last 19 against San Francisco. And obviously, this year's team is not a, a team that played, you know, 18 times ago or whatever. But it is always interesting. In the NFL, some teams have other teams' numbers. And I can see Seattle's been kind of feast or famine all year, especially quarterback. They have gotten really good play and seem very confident. We're not talking about winning here. We're just talking about covering. So this is not one of my favorite games, but I would I would lean towards Seattle plus the points. Also, we go under the total. I do think boy, I said four of the last five Seattle games have gone under. I did this probably a lower scoring game as well. They're not going to want to put the quarterback for San Francisco in too many unnecessary spots that they don't have to. And, and honestly, the coaching staff on the other side, they, are, they, they go super conservative once we get to the playoffs with Pete Carroll company. So I go under the total and lean towards Seattle. 
we just uh, we spent our first hour doing a deep dive, obviously, since we're on here in L.A., uh, a deep dive in regard to the Chargers and uh, in the Jags. Uh, your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, looks like uh, Joey Bosa is going to play. He practiced today. Uh, we heard from Daniel Wade not too long ago. He said that it uh, looks like uh, Mike Williams is trending in the right direction. Chargers favored by two. The over-under is 47.5. I like the over here. I think a lot of points potentially could be put up in this game. How are you playing it? Yeah, the total sets over also. You know, it's a higher total. The Chargers and Jacksonville, they're not two teams you necessarily say are going to get into the 50s. And the total's upper 40s. Six of the last seven games in the series have gone over. Um now, this is going to be one of those I, I kind of like where the general public is. I, from what I can tell, and this is not near as clear-cut, but the, the general public seems to like the Chargers here, and a lot of the sharper players like Jacksonville at home. They don't – you know, the sharp, Sharps cannot get over the travel. They like the way Jacksonville schedule at this point. They think you're just getting some value with how hot they've been. I think there's a reason why the Chargers are favored on the road in this spot, and I expect them to go over and play well. Um, Jacksonville, any team that – it goes from zero to hero. It's just a matter of when that other shoe drops. And I can see that dropping here. LA's 5-0 against the spread. Their last five in the series as well. And they're 9-1. And, and that's when they played at Jacksonville. And they're 9-1 against the spread. Their last 10 in the series overall. So LA typically gets it done against Jacksonville. I think that continues here. I, I respect exactly what Jacksonville's been doing the latter part of the season. But you typically don't go from the... Pen, the outhouse all the way to the penthouse. You typically stop off at a urinal somewhere along the way and get beat. I think that's probably what happens with Jacksonville. Make the playoffs. Don't get any further. I like the Chargers. All right. Uh, we move to Sunday, and uh, in the first game is those mammals, the Miami Dolphins, heading all the way up here to the northeast in Buffalo where it's going to be cold, frigid, freezing, snow. Good luck with that. This will be the third time these two teams played each other, uh, one in one, each winning at home. But reports today in Miami is that Tua is not going to play. Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play. It's going to be uh, Skylar Thompson, who's going to get the start against the Bills. The Bills now, that line uh, earlier today was minus nine. This is why early bird gets the worm. Uh, that, that line was minus nine. It's now jumped up to 13, minus 13. The Bills are favored. And the over-under is 43 and a half. Yeah, I'm a big proponent, especially when you get in the playoffs with fewer games and the general public reading the paper, watching ESPN or whatever, and then reacting on that information of, of going contrarian to that. So I would absolutely wait, let that number work up above two touchdowns, which it's going to. And then I would look at some trends that long-term in the playoffs have been pretty profitable, especially in the wild card round. When you look at teams' of toughness of schedule, difficulty of schedule, they, those teams that have, have played really tough schedules, playing teams – with not as tough a schedule, they typically do real well as it relates to the point spread. And we're getting a couple of those this week. These, these Dolphins, and we talked about it a month ago, that who, they, who they pissed off at the, uh, at the uh, scheduling office. They were at San Francisco, then they had to play down in L.A., then they had to go to Buffalo. Uh, a really, really tough schedule. Those type things tend to reap some, de- some benefits once we get in the playoffs if the teams can get there. Not to win necessarily, but to cover numbers. Seven of the last eight in the series when they played at Buffalo have gone over. Miami needs offense. They're the type of team they're much more comfortable covering numbers and even winning games when they score a bunch of points. I tend to think there are going to be some points here. And that, that, that it's hard to cover nine and a half to 13 is where it's heading. Um, 
if you if you're giving up 28 or 24. And I do think they're going to give up some points here. I like Miami plus the points. Them and Tampa Bay are the two teams that have a much uh, there's a big disparity in their strength of schedule versus what their opponents played this year. So just keep an eye on that as we go through the wild card. Teams that play really tough schedules play teams with not so tough schedules. The tougher schedule, that battle-tested team, tends to stand up and do really well at least in these wild card rounds. Interesting. Um, the Giants going up against the Minnesota Vikings. This has to be probably my favorite matchup that I'm most looking forward to watching. Uh, these two teams went up against each other in week 16. Unfortunately, the Giants lost because uh, they got one of their, their punts blocked. And, of course, the Vikings uh, nailed a 61-yard field goal. So uh, so they lost that matchup 27-24, to 24, even though the Giants put up more total yards, 445 to be exact, against the Vikings. So the Vikings at home, they're favored by three. The over-under is 48. What's your play here? Yeah, is this, is this a game you're looking forward to watching or betting on? Because I can't – I would love some help if you're wanting to bet this thing. I, I love it from a, from a watching standpoint. From a wagering standpoint, it's all I – I just I don't like Kirk Cousins. I think Lucky doesn't get it done this time of year. I like what the Giants are doing. They're going the right way. I mean, they're doing it the right way. They run the ball first. They don't put their quarterback in a lot of bad spots. They're covering numbers. They were the number one team in the league this year against the spread. So they've been undervalued all year long as it relates to the number. But I, I don't know. I, I think this game is very, very close. I think it comes down right on the number. So I think a really difficult game to bet. I, I'm absolutely, I'm with you. It's my favorite game to watch this weekend. That and the Dallas-Tampa game. Because I do think Dallas going to lose, and that, I think that's always a little bit funny. No offense, but I mean, I just I think it's the, them going into playoffs beating their chest and then losing early is just seems to be like Groundhog Day every year. I think that probably happens. But in this particular game, give me the Giants plus the points just on a lean and over the total of forty eight and a half. I do think they'll have to score some points as Minnesota scored against just about everybody. It doesn't play well defensively, so I'll take the Giants plus the points and over. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I like the Giants here as well a lot. They had last week, and they used that as a buy. I was texting with a few folks over there at, with the Giants organization. Ojolari is going to play this week. They're getting a lot of guys back that are going to be healthy, ready to rip it and roll it. All right, uh, the Ravens going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, Lamar Jackson not expected to play. Here's the thing. Even if Lamar Jackson does play, or is is healthy enough to play as as amazing as otherworldly as he is? I don't know if that would be the right option for them, considering he hasn't practiced in over a month, and the last time he played was December fourth. So yeah, like, you're, gonna, you're you're getting some value with him not playing. Anytime that I think comes so. up the headlines, yep, really difficult for guys to walk up window. We talk about the long drinks and the layers. They can't walk up and play a Baltimore team without their starting quarterback. It just isn't happening. So it's going to create some value. You're going to move that line, move that line until you get some sharper players and jump back in and say, you know, wait a minute. There is a point where that's overvalued. We can we can get some value playing Baltimore with an underdog because or with a backup quarterback because they don't give up a lot of points. They keep low th- low scoring. The game's up over a touchdown now. Baltimore five and one to the end of their last six games. I'm with you. This is one of those spots where. Um, the general public and everybody else is going to be filed in on Cincinnati thinking we're getting a repeat of last year. That creates value, especially this week, in some of these underdogs. And this is a classic candidate. Backup quarterback has a lot of experience. We're not throwing somebody that's never played. He's just worse than Lamar Jackson. But as you, as you alluded to, it, with Lamar Jackson not having practiced or played, 
where exactly would he be other than athletic? Uh, athletic ability would be an advantage. I like where Baltimore is. Their coach keeps him in games. I'll take them plus the points as well. Um, and, and keep in mind, Huntley did not play last week. Resting, he used last week as a bye week to get ready for, uh, for this game against Cincinnati. And last but not least, it's Monday night. It's the Cowboys going up against the Bucs. Uh, you already gave us a, a, a little sneak peek in regard to what, what way you're swaying here. Uh, but this is a, uh, a Dallas team on the road getting two and a half. They're favored. The over-under is at 45 and a half. You're expecting the Cowboys to lose. So do you like the Bucks straight up? On the money line at plus 120? I, I do. I mean, I think, listen, Dallas goes out and does what they do. Because I don't love what Tampa's doing. This is more of an against Dallas play than it is a plus Tampa play. I don't think that even with the, with Tom Brady and company, they're going to make any deep run. But Dak Prescott is turning the ball over at one of the highest rates in the league. And he's getting away with it sometimes. I mean, heck, they should have lost to Houston, did lose to Jacksonville. I mean, they've limped in the playoffs. From this team a month ago that people thought we might be playing the Super Bowl, this team's come a long way. And when Dallas gets to the playoffs, they, they do not play well. And McCarthy's job is on the line. If they lose this game against Tampa, he's out. I mean, they're going to go probably give the stadium and half of Jerry's oil wells uh, to uh, Sean Payton uh, if, if, uh, if they end up losing this game. But I, I absolutely think this is a bad spot. As I said, Tampa, one of those teams that has a real disparity in strength of schedule from what happened last year, or this whole year, from what Dallas has had to play. Uh, I like Tampa here to cover. I think they're a live dog for sure. Uh, any any final thoughts before we let you go? Yeah, the other kind of thing to look at, like I said, we were 11-2 and two last week, really, really strong. All those games are posted and documented. But one other thing, people a lot of times will want to have a tendency to bet on futures. Who's going to win the Super Bowl at this point? There's two ways to do that, and, you know, and, and most people don't know this, but you can go and place one bet on one of your teams to win at three to one, four to one, six to one. That is kind of a lazy way to do this. If you want to make money and be a little more responsible about it, bet money line bets every single round for less money. So you don't have to bet three, four, five hundred bucks to, you know, at three to one. You can bet two hundred dollars money line bet every single round. If they lose, you lose either bet, but it gets you. You can make more money doing that, playing a little lower on the money line bet but playing your team that you want to bet that futures to win it all every single week on the money line leading up to the Super Bowl keeps you out of that half to hedge late if you don't like the game once they get to the big game. And you'll be deeper into profit if, in fact, they go ahead and win all the games that you predicted them to win and less, uh, less at risk. So just, just a little, little playoff advice as we head toward the big one. All right. I want to thank Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, for joining us here on Weekend Wager, getting us ready uh, pretty much every step of the way, all the games, <laughs> all the things, all the games uh, that we can play starting tomorrow afternoon with the 49ers going up against the Seattle Seahawks. So I want to thank Fat Jack. We heard from Jenna Lane and Todd Archer as well. David Behrman joining us on the show. Kevin Seifert with a great insight. Look behind the curtain of what's going on with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and, uh, and everyone else who contributed to the show. Really do appreciate it. Julian and Chantel, who produced Weekend Wager, thank you. Appreciate you guys as well. Uh, I'm back tomorrow, high noon, here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll hear from Connor Rogers. Cynthia Freeland, as always, uh, joins me on, on the program on Saturday afternoon around 1.30. Mama Mimi's going to make an appearance. She'll break down the Bills-Miami Miami Dolphins game for us 
Everybody loves Mama Mimi. And, uh, and of course, as always, Joe Wiz, who hosts his own gambling shows here on 98.7 ESPN. Have a great night, everybody. And, uh, and I will talk to you tomorrow afternoon right here on 98.7 ESPN. You've been listening to We Can Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Again, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.